a Shishkin Productions podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to season two, episode one of the Ask Not Me Anything podcast. It's the podcast where you ask not me questions, but you ask my guests the questions. And in this first episode, my guest is no one other but my mom. Eva Grazel. She is a motivational speaker, a storyteller, a stage four cancer survivor. She's an incredible person. Obviously, I'm a little biased because she's my mom, but she's amazing. I promise you. She has a lot of stories to tell, and I'm super excited to have her as this episode on my podcast. She traveled in from Florida. We're here in person in the studio today. She came in for my birthday. I'm actually turning 30. This is going to come out on my 30th birthday. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and let's get right into the episode. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Mom. How are you doing? Oh, Connie, it's always great to see you. It's always great to see you, too. Thanks for visiting me. I always love when you come out to New York to visit. It's a privilege to yeah. come into this great city and see my son. Yeah, because you grew up here pretty much. Oh, yeah. I went to Barnard College, and I loved living in the city. Yeah, and grew up right outside the city, right across the GWB. That's right. So... And then we, I grew up in Pennsylvania, still pretty close to New York. An hour and, and a half. Yeah. and I knew it because I would come in as often as I could to see Broadway shows. Yeah. And now you live? In Florida, on yeah. the beach. Yeah, which is nice. But I wish we still lived in Pennsylvania. So, or you still I live. could so see you just, more. It would, be, it would be easier to visit each other more. But hey, we're here now and we're about to record a podcast, which is something new that we've never done before. So this will be a fun experience. Never. I am psyched. Yeah. I want all your friends to get to know me yeah. and get to know you. Yeah. Well, that's what we'll do on this podcast right here, right now. So let's just jump into the questions because these questions are all over the place. I just read through all of the questions that people sent through my IG story using, you know, there's a little tab where you could ask a question. Yes, I know. So a bunch of people ask some great questions and they go everywhere from your profession to being a mom to your life being a cancer survivor. Um, so these questions are in no order other than the order that I circled them in. So, okay. So let's start off with this question from mama underscore Halstead. What defines raising a good child? Their success, their happiness? That is a that's a deep question. But I would say the way to raise a great child is to help them find what their passion is. What do they love? I mean, nobody loves school for the most part. So how do you find something to learn about that they love and then nourish that passion? Yeah. That's that's good. That's huh? a great piece of advice right there. Thanks. Um, the next question is from Rebecca Flores Cuervas. Eva, what's the funniest reason why Jeremy got grounded as a kid? <laughs> uh, teasing his sister. Yeah. Was there any specific moment you remember that? I, I was, do. Uh, can you tell, I, I'm scared what well, it's about to be, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, I'll just never forget getting ready in the morning with two little children, 18 months apart, was tough. So what I'd do is I'd put Jeremy in front of the TV to watch Barney or something, and I would put Elena in a little high chair in front of the shower so I could take a shower and I could watch her and make sure she's okay. Well, she, Jeremy, like... I guess you felt that the attention I was giving her while she was watching me shower wasn't fair. So you would take away a little toy she was playing with or, and she'd start to cry while I was in the shower. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was all about attention, Jeremy. And I understand. Look, it's hard. You both. Yeah, I think we, we both fought over your attention. Yeah. When we were little kids. I don't think that's unusual. But so did I get grounded for that or what? I guess, did, did I really get grounded growing up that often? I don't know that I ever so, grounded you, although when you used bad language, daddy threatened to put soap in your mouth. Do you remember that? I, I do remember <laughs> that. Well, that that would happen. I mean. No. Yeah, okay. Oh, God. I never liked that. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I don't I don't curse that much. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's it why. worked. I mean, I do here and there, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a heavy cursor. Question from Snow Tie 27 
What is life when she was your age versus life now? When I was your age. So when you were you were my age. So so different. <laughs> I mean, when I went to I I went to a school, an Orthodox Jewish day school, when I was from kindergarten up to eighth grade, and we weren't Orthodox. So I always felt like I wasn't good enough. I, I lived in this place of feeling like I didn't meet up to the standard. And I never wanted my children to feel that. And I loved where we lived because it was a slightly more diverse environment. There were all yeah. kinds of different people. Whereas where I grew up, it was so homogeneous. Eva, what trait of yours do you think Jeremy didn't inherit enough of from <laughs> what would Nialdo do? Neal oh, did. wow. I thought you were going to ask, what traits of mine does he have? That's easy. But mm -hmm. what traits of mine doesn't he have? <sighs> That's tough because I think... Innately, Jeremy and I are a lot alike in a lot of ways, in our personality, in our zest for life, in our fun factor, in our risk factor. So what did, what did I not inherit enough of, though? Is there well, it sort of depends when. Like, I loved eating healthy food, and Jeremy did not want to eat anything healthy. And I'm like, come on, you're my son. You know, don't you love these vegetables and this <laughs> delicious way I prepared this? And he would only eat yogurt and pizza. Those are two great foods. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely eat healthier now, but I don't eat as healthy as you. You're like really on it. You'll get there, really honey. Diet. I do want to get there eventually. It's hard when you're living, you know, in New York and running around. Do you guys have the same music taste or you just don't like the same music? That question is from Izzy or Tata. Well, we definitely have different music tastes. Totally. Yeah, very stark difference of music. <laughs> yes, I like, I love Broadway. We just simply he do doesn't not, like Broadway at all. I mean, I like, I like going to Broadway shows with you mm -hmm. and I, I like the experience, but I'm not going to like sit down and listen to Broadway soundtracks. And I do. Show. And I sing the songs yeah. and I like oldies. Yeah, I can appreciate it. Like, I mean, it's, it's very, it's very cool stuff. It's just not my preference. I get it. Music. But, but Jeremy did get me into, you know, hip hop sounds. Yeah. A little bit, yeah, because you, well, you have some rap songs out on YouTube right now, which uh, if anyone wants to, if anyone's listening to this, you could Google. Oral um, cancer. Yeah, Save you, a life. That's rap. one of them. Yeah. And then you also have the Hanukkah the rap. Jonah rap. The, the Jonah Hanukkah rap. The Hanukkah rap. Oh, yeah. A, I do have a few. You, you have a bunch out there. Jonah, Jonah, Jonah and the whale. That's an Eva Grazel original. <laughs> Oh, for any, I think people might be curious why you use the last name Grayzel and not Cohen. That's so good. Let's just, let's just clear the air a little let's bit. Let's clear Forget the air. I love my name, Eva Grayzel. It is my name. And when I got married and I took the name Cohen legally, I called up my husband at work testing out the new name. And I said, hello, this is Mrs. Cohen. Can I speak to Dr. Cohen, please? And she said, sure, hold on. He gets on the phone and he says, hello, ma? And I was like, okay, this, this is not going to work. And Grayzel, it just, I feel like it's more unique and it's me. And I didn't want to give up that part of me. Yeah. I think it's ahead of your time that you went with your maiden name because I think more and more married couples are starting to either stay with their own names or um, stick with... Or hyphenate uh, yeah. and use both Hy names. Yeah, people are getting more creative with it, which I mm -hmm. think is great. Um, or that's, choose that's really the better cool name. That, it's really cool that you did that. And also dad was totally cool with you doing that. So. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I love being i love having my name but i also i love the last name grazel too i know i wish i gave that to you as your middle name <laughs> that would have been cool but hey paul not bad not bad <laughs> jeremy paul it has why, a good why ring. Is my middle name paul by the way i don't even know uh because just before you were born uncle paul died and in the jewish tradition we name children after someone who's died because it's a it's a legacy and he was the sweetest man, such a good-hearted man that I I thought he would be a good man to name you after. Cool. 
How did you realize Jeremy was going to be an, an amazing creative? That question was from Cheeto Ego. <laughs> I didn't, but I always tried to do arts and crafts with you guys. Um, we even gave you a little camera when you were really young. We tried. I w- I loved art, and I think that I worked hard to make that a part of your childhood. Yeah, you definitely did. You were always, uh, I really appreciate looking back on it, how much you, you know, you put these tools in front of me and Elena. We had an paint. art room. Had, yeah, we had an art room. We had, from from doing art to like performing, we had like Little puppets s- and costumes <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, our birthday parties, which we were talking about before, you always uh-huh. had put on the most, you know, creative, thought, thought provoking, thoughtful uh, birthday parties. Like what, what, what was the one we were just talking about? Well, the, uh, like, for example, I loved Batman, hence yes. so I also loved Batman. Just so, so. all of Jer- the Jeremy fans out there know, Jeremy was a Batman fan for like two years. So one year, I had a Batman, a man who had live <laughs> bats, come to his birthday party. That was pretty cool. But then what was I going to do next year? I bought Batman costumes, Batman, Robin, and Joker. And I asked my dad to put on the Joker costume, my brothers to put on Batman and Robin. They came in through the window in the middle of the birthday party, and it was fantastic. Everybody loved it. And I think people really believed it was Batman and Robin. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But I think having an actual Batman bring bats is... is, (laughs) That was cool, too. Yeah, it's really cool. But now I think of it, I think the coolest thing you did is build obstacle courses. Was that you who built the obstacle courses for my birthday party? So Mm -hmm. we'd have, for my birthday party, what was it, 20 kids maybe? Yeah. And in, in our backyard, she would set up tires and ropes and ladders and, and you make custom ba- uh, bags that you jump in yeah it was it was a good time. and the slip and slide oh, yeah, slip, it was it was good slip birthday and slide was fun. anyways i don't know if that answered and i did question. storytelling <laughs> and you did storytelling which we'll get into oh okay so next questions from so clutch Ooh. What was living through the pandemic like for you, low point and high point? So what's your low point and high point of living through the pandemic? I would just say the low point was missing seeing people in my life. I'm a people person and I really missed people, but I got creative. So I started making Food faces. If anybody wants to check out hashtag food faces by Eva, you'll see some really cute food faces. I want to make it into a book. And just so those Jeremy fans know, when he was a little boy, he would not eat food. It was so hard to get him to eat anything healthy. So I would make these plates of food faces with healthy foods, carrots, celery. In fact, his friends will tell you to this day that some of them ate their first vegetables of various kinds at our house. And I'd make them into these face foods. So over COVID, I actually made a series of food faces. And I want to publish the book. Yeah. Let me know if you're interested in working with me. Yeah. <laughs> so she's making a whole series of these and they're they're pretty cool. Food Faces by Eva. Food Faces. Question from Melissa K. Cohen. So glad you're a survivor of stage four cancer. How did you manage this stress while being a mom? That was a huge challenge. How to not have my children feel scared when I was scared to death, when my husband was scared to death. How do you keep that from children? So, so wait, uh, before we get into that, yeah. actually, let's let's just talk about your, the cancer. The cancer, yeah. So I had I, tongue or, cancer. Go figure. Ironic for a professional storyteller. The thing about oral cancer is that it's very public. You can't hide it under your clothes. So my children witnessed everything I went through: the coughing, the spitting, the hoarseness, the all of it. The can't eating, unable to eat. But I have to say, feeding my family nourishing food really nourished me on some level. And the question, you want to repeat it? Yeah. How did you manage the stress of being a mom while going through stage four oral cancer? The support network. I really, we really had a fantastic support network. Your Both of your grandmas were actively involved, friends. In fact, even your roommate's mom was a great help. Yeah. 
Uh, it was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, if I were, yeah, of course, Dad. <laughs> if I were to give one piece of advice to people, I would say be a part of a community, whatever community it is, because when you're sick, that community will come out and help you. But if you're not involved in any community, you miss out on something really beautiful. You know, people, I always thought, where's God? You know, how could this happen to me? And what I realized is that God is in all the people that came out to be there for me, that supported me through this difficult time. And I will say to all of you out there, it's really easy to have good times with your friends, but I, my advice is nourish the friendships with the people who are going to be there for you in the hard times. It's a really good piece of advice. And it's true. Um, I guess you kind of answered this question, but if you have another thing to add to it, this question from Lakshia.rn. After everything she has been through, how does she stay so positive? <laughs> it's a choice. Frankly, I could I could moan and groan and, and be negative, or I could be really happy and grateful for every moment. <laughs> what would you choose? It's all a choice. And you know what? Life is a balance. So yeah, we all have challenges to overcome, but those challenges allow us to see all this beauty in our lives. So there, it really is everything we go through is very bittersweet. And if you can see the beauty in the challenge, that's what I, that was my goal. That's great. A uh, question from J number five. Has Jeremy always been the beacon of joy that we all know him to be? Was I, was I like how beacon, I am now? Beacon am of I, joy? I, would you consider me a beacon of joy? <laughs> I mean, it depends what time of your life. I mean, now I yeah. think you're a beacon. Yes, I think you shine a lot of light into this world on many levels. You know, just the love that emanates from you to other people. I think that was something that developed over time and it was experiences and friends and me and daddy that brought you to this place. It, so it, it's a, Jeremy's a work in progress and you have not seen the end of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I mean, it, it, he's still growing and so yeah, am I. Yeah. Always, always be learning. We all are. We all are. Uh, we're, we're all growing into the people we're meant to be. Yeah, every every age is a blessing. Look at us; we're just too positive right now. There's there's too. <laughs> um, question from Min Zuli: Why are you so cool? Why am I cool? <laughs> I, you know what? I got a story for you, Min Cooley. I got a story. I grew up in this Orthodox Jewish day school where I wore long skirts and long shirts, and I never felt cool. And one day, I won this blessing be that we had to do in Hebrew, believe blessing it or not. Bee. A bracha be is what it was called. Yeah. And I won. A blessing in, be? You had to know the blessings for various foods and things. If you see a rainbow, what's the blessing? Oh. If you eat apple juice or drink apple juice, what's the blessing? And so what, I won. What is the blessing if you drink apple juice? How does this work? Right. So, so apple juice would be fruit, uh, Borei Nihyeh Bidvaro. I mean, Baruch Adonai Lohen Malchalam. Yeah. It's knowing these blessings. Believe me, I studied hard because I was at a disadvantage because we did not say blessings in our home. But anyway, I won and the winners got to go to Yankee Stadium. And I'll never forget walking into the stadium and feeling like I didn't belong with these Orthodox Jewish kids. But I did not belong with those cool kids in the stadium with ripped jeans and large jackets and women wearing ties. They were so cool. And my dream was to have like a cool pair of jeans. And I really didn't have one until I got to college. And what what was that cool pair of jeans? Were they ripped? I don't remember if they were ripped, but I remember they were cool. And I remember a friend in my dorm wanted to borrow him. And I'm like, these are my only cool pair of jeans. Yeah. <laughs> she said, I promise I'll wear them just tonight. Yeah. Did you, and did and you get she them back? brought them back and they were, I, I never loved them as much anymore. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, I feel like I got my first pair of cool jeans 
maybe three or four years ago. I always had really? jeans, but I was never like, I never really had a pair that I was like. Maybe yeah, that's because I, I didn't have a lot of style as a mom. I don't know. Did you think I did? Yeah. Well, yeah Even I mean, as, you have so much style. Well, now I do. Right. But as a mom, I mean, I'm trying to remember what it was like when I was younger. But I think I was just trying got, to get through my day with yeah. you guys. Right. I think you started to get more and more into your style. I mean. Yeah. The last 10 years or so, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Interesting. Question from Selena Michelle Fonseca. What was Jeremy's favorite show as a kid? <laughs> His favorite show? Do you remember? I just remember whenever I was watching too much TV, you'd say, you you would not like when I watch TV. I like, always I feel always, like watching TV is just, watching other people reach their dreams. I wanted you to find your dream. But yeah, TV has a place for sure. And there was learning. I mean, we always put on educational shows, always. Of course, of course. Sesame Street, Barney. So what do you think my favorite show was, though? Like, post-Barney and Sesame Street. Post? Yeah, like, when I was watching Nickelodeon and Disney. Did you like Blue's Clues? Sure, but that was still when I was, like, a baby. What what do you think my favorite show was when I was, you know, 12? I have no idea. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. (laughs) I have no idea. My answer would be Rocket Power. If you're familiar with it. Never even heard of it. Okay. All I know is that you used to love Power Rangers. Yeah. And I got a great story about Jeremy and Power Rangers. Okay. So we went to this family reunion and Jeremy was like, Ma, when are we going to leave? He was so bored. He didn't know anybody. <laughs> and then one of my relatives said to him, Jeremy, I'll give you $10 if you behave yourself for one hour. Give your mom one hour. So he said, really? $10? And this relative said, yes. So Jeremy was fantastic for an hour. And I got to talk to everybody I wanted to. And in exactly an hour, he came to me and he said, mom, time to go. And he went to the relative and the relative gave him the $10. We got into the car and he said, mom, I want to buy a Power Ranger. I said, okay. Was it a power? I feel like I yep. kind of remember that, but was it Pokemon cards? Nope. It was Power Ranger. Power Ranger. And so we're driving to Toys R Us on the way home so he could get his Power Ranger. And it was $7.99 and he got $10. He said, I'm going to give the rest of this to Tzedakah, to charity. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) I don't Well, that's because I really, I wanted to teach you guys about charity. I felt like. Well, that that just shows good parenting right there. Well, before I was sick, I didn't put a lot of emphasis on that. And then after I recovered, I decided that I fell short as a parent in some ways. And one way was recognizing more about making a difference for other people. And so we started to make a big deal about giving charity. Hey, it's it's a win-win. I got a Power Ranger and I also got to donate a little bit to Sadaka. There you go. So Good story. Also- I think one of my favorite family traditions growing up is when we did have Shabbat dinner on Fridays. Um, we would go around. I mean, it's a classic thing, but we'd go around the table and say one thing we were thankful for that week and then donate a dollar mm-hmm. into our tzedakah jar. And then what was it? Once a year, every once every six months or something, we'd we'd pick a charity or somewhere to donate it to together. And that's it was really, right. It's a really good family tradition that's still instilled in me now. Yep. Do you want me to tell you a story that'll make me cry? And I don't know if you like remember this story. But I used to take our charity box. It was so beautiful that I'd have it right on my kitchen counter. And I had an envelope of dollar bills right in a kitchen drawer. And when the kids came home from school, I'd have some healthy snacks around the charity box. And they'd drop drop their backpacks and eat some healthy food. And I would take out a dollar and I would say, today... I smiled at a stranger or today I would say, I would tell them something that I did and put a dollar in the charity box. Well, one day Jeremy came in from school. He dropped his back. He said, mom, get out the dollar bills. I've got a really good one. And I'm like, okay. And he, he said, mom, today I was the captain of the, the, um, the kickball team. And I said, really? And I was a little disappointed for a moment because I thought, oh my God, he's, he's not getting it. He's missing the point. And then he said, Mom, I knew who I wanted to choose first, but I ended up choosing first the kid who's always chosen last. And I emptied that entire envelope of dollar bills and I put them in the charity box because I recognized that I much would much rather raise a child who is conscientious of the people in his life instead of a child who got straight A's. This was far more important to me, and I wanted to honor it by putting all that money in the charity box. 
I didn't know that story either. Get out. I don't but yeah, I I definitely did not get straight A's growing up. And that was okay. Because you were smart in different ways. Yeah. I'm Everybody's a, I'm a, I'm smart a in different ways. Like, I'm a people person like you. Totally. I, I love people. Yeah. Next question is from Stokiella. Did you always dance or was it something you found later in life? I always danced. I loved taking tap, ballet, and jazz as a kid. And then when I got to college, there was this plex. It was called the plex. And my friend Susan and I, I call her Sushi, she and I would go- Great nickname. I know. (laughs) She and I would go dancing at the plex from 9 to 11 when nobody was there. It's like we had our private DJ. And then all the kids would show up and she and I, sweating, sweating like dogs, would leave. And then I met this guy named Speedy, and he was a local guy to the area, and he taught me popping and breakdancing. And I ended up joining this crew. They called me EVE of the special (laughs) effects crew, and Mm -hmm. I would actually breakdance on the steps of Columbia University's library. It was like a big marble platform, really fun. And I continue to dance to this day. I used to spin on my head. I think you're dancing more than ever nowadays. I love to dance. I think dancing is really an expression of joy and an expression of living life. Give me live music and you will find me dancing. And you know what? You will not find me sitting in a chair dancing. All of you listeners out there who listen to music that you love and you sit in your chair and move, I am telling you, life is short. Get up and dance. (laughs) I'd argue sometimes it's nice to just chill and listen to music, oh. but if it's certain, like, also you should dance to a lot. Okay, of you make a point too. Yeah, but uh, if you're ever at a wedding or bar mitzvah <laughs> or any event of the sort, and my mom happens to be there, you will Watch you will out. know. Watch out! She's gonna rip up the dance floor. It just happens every single time. And you know, after I no survived cancer, it. I don't really care what anybody thinks. People, if you go on TikTok and there's this dancing video of me, there's a lot of hate messages like, who does she think she is? I would be so embarrassed if that was, you know, and I, it makes me laugh because I think to myself, I am living life. It's what I want to do. Who knows if I'm going to be here tomorrow? I've lived it for today. Yeah. And I mean, with any, some of your videos on TikTok have gone pretty viral. So with anything that goes viral, that's just, you'll get a lot of love comments of love and then i got lots of love and then you'll get some comments that are you know from people people who who don't get it they don't they don't get it you know it survives something like i did and you will get it yeah absolutely what type of cancer did you have and how did you face it i had tongue cancer tongue cancer go figure i never knew you you could even get cancer in the mouth just tell a little story about how how that even happened like i had a sore oh this is great for your listeners i mean i I had a sore on my tongue i thought it was like a canker sore but it did not go away just so you know anything on your body that doesn't heal in two weeks is abnormal our bodies heal so if it doesn't heal it needs to be evaluated actually anything in your mouth that's abnormal should be evaluated after two weeks so I let a long time go. It was eight weeks before I even saw an oral surgeon. And unfortunately for me, my biopsy was misread. Why? I was young. I never smoked. They figured it was nothing. And the biopsy was misread. So for two years, I was basically mistreated instead of being watched carefully. Because I had a pre-cancer, but we didn't know it. So by the time I was diagnosed, it was stage four. 31 when I had symptoms, 33 when I was diagnosed. Wow. You were seven. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you get through it? You get through it one day at a time. And you get through it by counting your blessings. Every day I did something to bring me joy, whether it was a kiss or a hug and recognizing like, wow, I can still hug my child. That's beautiful. And if you can find one thing, just one thing, and when you can't, you force yourself to smile. Yeah. And, and just so just so people know how, like, this was a very serious, traumatic. it was very, very traumatic. I mean. 
I planned my funeral. I actually didn't think I was going to make it. Yeah. And your your doctor gave you what percentage chance? 15 percent chance of surviving five years. Yeah. And I beat the odds. Yeah. Well, you didn't give up. There was like a moment where... I had a lot to live for. I had you to live for and Elena. Yeah. And you even had... Some of your tongue removed, and I mean this. A third of my tongue was removed and reconstructed. The surgeries are pretty amazing. That you had tongue surgery and you could talk. It's extraordinary. Yeah, it's it's a miracle. They just explain a little bit how, like, because you have skin that was taken from your leg and arm and neck and just reconstructed to make you a new. I hope nobody gets gored out here, but actually, it's an extraordinary surgery that I had. They had to remove a third of my tongue. And if they didn't reconstruct it, I would not speak articulately because you don't realize how much you need your tongue for swallowing and speaking. So they opted because of my age to reconstruct a third of my tongue from my arm and my leg. So they took an artery from my arm to feed blood to the graft site in my tongue. And they took tissue from my leg, fascia, to rebuild the density in my tongue. They left the tip of my tongue. This is what allows me to articulate my speech. It was an extraordinary surgery. But actually with surgery, every day I got better. And when you're feeling better, there's hope. And when there's hope... You can go on. <laughs> Radiation was very different. Yeah. Every day I got worse. Yeah. I kept thinking you can't, it can't get worse than this. Impossible. And it did. Right. Yeah. Well, to me, I wanted that. to quit. I wanted to quit treatments. Yeah. And I did. I went to my doctor and I said, oh, I can't do this. I'm quitting. And he said, don't tell me you're quitting. This isn't a game that you quit. It's your life. Yeah. He urged me to find the strengths. And what I want to tell all of you out there who are struggling through whatever it is, you have more strength than you think you have. So push through it. You're going to get through. Question from my friend, Gabriella, Gabriella. Hi, Eva. Who is someone in history who artistically inspires you? Barbara Streisand. Oh, yeah? Yep. Her music or her acting or her in general? What is it about First of all... I don't know that much about Barbara Streisand. I know her name. Well, first of all, from what I remember is that people had recommended she get a nose job because she has a whatever, uh, a bump on her nose. So... But her voice is so much resonating in her nose that she was smart enough not to be bullied and not to go with the flow, but be, be herself. And, um, and the way she sings, it just, it really touches me. She's got so much soul, so deep inside and her talent, not just with singing and expression, but then acting. I mean, like she is the whole package to me. Wow. And she's still performing. Oh yeah, she's well. She's still alive. Yeah, and she still does videos here and there. Cool. Top three tips for parenting, and top three regrets or lessons from parenting. This question was from Matthew Rolden, by the way. The top tip for a parent is find what makes your child interested. Figure it out. Try lots of different things and excite, find what excites them and then help them learn about that a lot. And uh, I really think it's important for children to understand that their actions have consequences. I remember that uh, Kenny, my husband, and I had different different ways of looking at things. Jeremy used to take a mattress and ride down the steps from our (laughs) kitchen to the basement on a mattress. I loved doing that. And Kenny would say, no, it's not safe. You can't do that. And I would say, you go do that, but don't come crying to me because you can very well hurt yourself. So we had very different outlooks. And actually, I think it was a good balance. I think you got a good balance between risk-taking and saying, hey, you know, maybe this isn't so safe. I forgot about that couch surf, those couch surfing days. You also I, used to go down the banister from upstairs. Yeah. Sliding down that banister, right. we had like 
Yeah. I mean, well, in the, mm. the basement stairs, the like the mattress perfectly <laughs> squeezed through like the stairwell. Yeah, so it was like. Do you remember when your head went through the wall? I don't. Mm-hmm. In the basement? Yep. We had a oh. big hole there. Well, that's that's the thing. You know, the worst thing that could happen is my head would go through the wall, but I wouldn't get injured and the wall would get injured. Well, you might have had a little concussion. Who knows? Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I got injured a lot as a kid. Yeah. I went through a lot of surgeries. You did. And I think I counted. I had like seven surgeries as a, maybe it was five. Oh my God. You stepped on that my, needle. You yeah. broke your arm, your tonsils. Jaw. Yeah. The jaw surgery, the cyst in my, oh, well, I yes. guess that wasn't. Wow, that's right. Before braces, they did an x-ray and they're like, he's got a cyst in his jaw. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a fun surgery. No, no. Question from Zach Alia. What's your favorite spice? Ooh, what is, I think ginger. What? I like turmeric. I like playing with spices more and more. I recently became familiar with marjoram. I just like the name of that. <laughs> So what I've is been, it? Marjoram? What is marjoram. That? Well, you know, you use it with thyme and rosemary and marjoram. Huh. It's a good one. Okay. What's something you wish you could tell yourself when you first became a mom from your falafel? I wish I told myself that I need to take care of me first. Because by taking care of me first, it isn't selfish. It's teaching your children that they need to put themselves first as well. We need, we need to take care of ourselves and nobody's going to take care of me like me. So I have to learn how to do that. And it was very easy to put myself last. It's a good piece of, it's a good piece of advice right there. I think we're all a little guilty of that. What was Jeremy's favorite thing to do as a kid from JL Aroke at 19? Jeremy's favorite thing? Okay. He loved pacifiers. Okay. He was a little old. He was getting older for pacifiers. I mean, even in his four or five years old. But what he did very creatively is he attached them like Legos, one to the next to the next. He stuck the nipple into the little (laughs) handle of the one before it. And he would make a train of pacifiers so that if one dropped, he could grab the next one. He was never Sure. I mean, I can't tell you how many pacifiers I bought. I loved pacifiers. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. They, I, I think there's a photo of me with a bunch of drool on my shirt yes, and like yes. 20 pacifiers in my mm-hmm. mouth. You also loved capes and belts. I did. I went through a cape phase and a belt totally. phase. Just wore a belt you, over everything. And you insisted on even wearing it to my brother's wedding. Yeah. A cape. And I was yeah. like, you know what? Let's pick our battles. I'm not fighting this one. Let him wear the cape and yeah, the belt. What's the big deal? Right. This next question is from Aiden underscore Ishkahabayev. What's one thing you never told your mom? Oh, I guess that's a question for me. What's one thing I never told you? I'm pretty sure I told you. Well, he didn't tell me that when he graduated from high school wearing his tuxedo, he went and jumped out of an airplane, but he did tell me years later. No. Oh, yeah. Well, I did that without. Oh, I, I just didn't want dad to know because you know, didn't want us to worry. Well, I'm glad didn't you didn't it. tell me any because I would have worried, too. I wouldn't think that you would worry, but I did tell. No, I told you and dad right before I went to college. So it's probably like a year later. Right. I think we had dinner before I left to go to college. And mm-hmm. that's when I, it was at Olive Garden, actually. And I know there are a lot places. of things Jeremy hasn't told me, and I'm not quite sure I want to know them either. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have some privacy. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Oh, this question is from WeirdBeard06. What did you think when Jeremy and Tori's story went viral? What did I think? I thought it was fantastic. I thought it made me happy. It was a, a story of joy. It was a story of connection. And it made a lot of people happy, which is why I went viral. I mean, we all needed a moment to laugh, a moment to have hope for relationships and a, a future. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And that he was my son was even more fun. <laughs> do, you, do you remember how you saw it? Did I send it to you or did, you, did, some, did one of your friends send it to you or something? Good question. I, I think you probably sent it. Okay. I don't know that I was that, on TikTok and Instagram at that right. time. Because at that time, just things were so 
moving so fast that I don't even know if I was that 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 whole time period was kind of a blur to me. It just went by so quick. Yeah. Um, like I did, I forget if I was even updating you about the whole situation on the phone or anything. Did we, well, even talk, did we talk about it at all? Well, you know, Jeremy was so busy; he barely had time to call us. Well, during that time, yeah. Well, well, all the time you're busy, but yeah. that's okay. I know I, the love is there. We don't need to speak every day or even every week. Yeah. Hey, I do. I do a pretty good job calling and checking in, but not as good as you. You are the best person that calls and checks in on all our family members. That's like makes true. the most of any time you're driving the car, calling. I think that's that's a great quality. I don't. I can't. Do you that. picked it up. You call yeah. me when you're riding your bike. Yeah. Well, that's that's my equivalent to it. I've had my mm-hmm. AirPods in and like to make call to, calls to family and friends while I mm-hmm. ride my bike. Because then you know, uninterrupted, I can just think about. Right. Yeah. Next question is from Heyvero underscore O thirteen. What is your funniest memory of Jeremy growing up? I mean, I had to laugh. I used to hide sugary stuff from Jeremy because Jeremy just yeah, had this. Addicted. Jeremy could just find the cookies. So when I grew up, my mother didn't want me to have, didn't, would eat sweets. So she didn't keep sweets in the house because she would eat them. But as a result, we craved sweets like mad. So I decided I wanted to have sweets in the house and I wanted my children to learn to make choices. <laughs> Well, Jer- I mean, I would try to hide these sweets. Jeremy would always find them. He'd climb up on the pantry shelves. He'd find ladders and move them in when I wasn't looking. It- and, you know, when I see him eating, munching on some cookies, or I'd see residue somewhere, I just had to laugh mm-hmm. how determined he was and how inventive. <laughs> Question from Arla. When he was younger, what did you think Jeremy would be when he grew up? I had no idea. I had no idea what Jeremy would be. No idea at all. I had no idea you'd be a Not f- even an inkling? An inkling of something? We didn't know. Yeah. In fact, after high school, I told you to take a year off, be a ski bum, figure out what you love. Yeah, you wanted me to just move to the mountains. And I wanted so- you to... Figure out what you love, but actually that seed was planted by your senior high school teacher, the photography teacher. Yeah, Mr. King. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just got really lucky that I had that class. And, and then little, you said to push. me, Mom, everybody goes to college right after high school. I am not taking a year off. I'm going to SVA. I'm like, oh, so you're just going to be an artist? Okay. It was just sort of... Yeah, I mean, I it was. I liked. It was that, really good that I went to New York too, and yeah. it was good that I, I got really lucky finding something that I. And I thought it was great that you found that school. I didn't go looking for it. Yeah. You said, "I think I want to go." Yeah, well, and I have I have a I have a competitive an underlying competitive spirit in me, so I knew like I I say that because I didn't want to let you or dad or my friends down because everyone you know it's easy to be like oh it's, it seems like a cop-out going to art school it's like you're not like my you know i had people that would mm. that would you know poke fun at it a little bit because mm. it's like, oh you're taking finger painting classes for college blah, blah, blah. um so that just like motivated that motivated me to just like work a little harder and it made and working harder made it really easy when i had a good community of people around me like where we would all push each other and plus we we're in like the best place to do it, in my opinion, Definitely. which is New York City. Just so many opportunities, whether it was provided by my school or just people I met. Um, I just, you know, naturally just networking all the time because I'm meeting people all the time. Um, yeah, so. And you're going to continue to have experiences Absolutely. that will shape you. Absolutely. So all those experiences and those people shaped you. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to think about Super what cool. you're going to be like when you're my age. Yeah, I don't Who knows? Will I still be doing photography? I don't know. Right now we're podcasting. I didn't know I was going to be doing podcasts last You know, right. this, is, this is a new thing. Uh, there's a lot more questions about things about me growing up, but I feel like we covered a lot of that. So, oh, this is a storytelling question from Kuchikapatiam. Kuchikapatiam is the handle. What helps you tell a good story, especially if the audience appears uninterested initially? Oh, thank you for that question. Yeah. 
So and sorry, I'm butchering your. I think I'm butchering this handle and some of these handles. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. So that's okay. Yeah, they know who they are. Yeah, they know who they are. So storytelling. I'm really glad we're talking a little bit about storytelling. I think I got interested in storytelling because I had a hard time with comprehension. I would read stuff and not comprehend it. So one of the reasons I wanted to become a storyteller is to help people like me who want to learn, but just don't learn the traditional way. So I was able to tell stories of historical events or just books that you needed to learn, Jeremy. And we would, I would invent dialogue. I would add dialogue to it. I would try to enhance the picture that was being created so that your imagination would be tweaked and that you'd see it. Because once you see it in your imagination, you learn it. And there are some people that just can't get it from reading the black and white words on a page. And I think you and I both were one of those people. And I did a lot of storytelling with you. So the question was, could you... Yeah, the question was... What helps you tell a good story, especially if the audience appears uninterested initially? So what helps you tell a good story is by involving them. Get this. You see that kid who's bored looking down or looking around? You invite that kid to get mm -hmm. involved. Have them play the part. Give them some dialogue. Mr. Green said to Mrs. Cheapy, have him, you know, <laughs> play the part. And let me tell you, or, you know, kids love bodily noises, burping, uh, snoring. So you just throw them a curveball and exactly. show them that you can have that humor. Yeah. You put it in the story though. Right. And you say the character got I feel like tired. You're really, good at, you're really good at reading the room and knowing how to, in whatever Same situation. As, as a motivational yeah. speaker, I feel like I read the room. And if I see that the audience isn't engaged, I try to move on to something right. that would engage them. Totally. Okay, we're in the final stretch. Last couple of questions. And this one is from Amy Nicole. Can we hear about Jeremy's bar mitzvah? I love Smiley it. Face. So, oh, 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 yeah. here's a good one. Jeremy well, really disliked Hebrew school. I did not. So we where we grew up, I had no Jewish friends. Like, right. What I... I was just embarrassed. I right, know. Now it was I'm a very small synagogue. I wanted my children to be born bat mitzvahed. And Jeremy so disliked I going really there. I didn't like Hebrew school. <laughs> I know. And you know what he would do? He would hide in the house. Time to leave. Jeremy disappeared. I would be screaming, Jeremy, we gotta go. You'll be late for the rabbi. <laughs> and uh, it was so frustrating. But Jeremy knew more than he let on. So Jeremy would be practicing for his bar mitzvah and his head would go from side to side and he'd kick his shoes off. And the rabbi was frustrated and said, I don't know that Jeremy can do this. Maybe we should postpone this to next year. And I said, Rabbi, please, just whatever he can do, let's just make this happen. And then come the day of his bar mitzvah, Jeremy rocked it. We had no idea he knew as much as he did. So he knew a lot more that he let on. He wanted to make it difficult for me, I think. But anyway, he loved the party. We had, the, do you remember, Jeremy? We yeah, had so those big it was, yellow. It was a lot of studying for that environment. It so, was. I mean, so I, and do you, can you still read I, Hebrew? That's what I feel so bad about. I learned, I learned, spent all this time learning Hebrew and now I don't, you know, I don't really, really? have it. I don't have it anymore. Yeah. I bet with a little bit we could. We could work on that and pick Maybe. it up. But anyway, for his bar mitzvah, we had these big yellow plastic things where you roll the penny down and it swirls and mm -hmm. swirls and swirls and go down. Yeah, so so I gave everybody as a gift a story with a spoon. Do you remember? Okay. If we have time, I'll tell the story. And but basically, everybody had a coin on the story, which was on the card. And they'd put the coin in the in the thing and let it go down. And the money went to charity. And then the centerpieces on the tables were a big piece of sod, which is grass. And on the sod, I put 
all the sports equipment that Jeremy loved, basketballs, soccer balls, um, swimming equipment, and we donated all of it to the children's home. And we actually, for the year before your bar mitzvah, we sponsored a kid Mm -hmm. and we'd go there with your friends. Yeah, that was was nice. With Francis, who's married. Yeah, exactly. Uh, We have a picture in the newspaper with Francis. We do. So, yeah, it's it's... For anyone who hasn't been to a bar mitzvah, usually they're themed, the parties, after the bar mitzvah, the, the kid themes it, whether it's, you know, art, mine was, looking back, it's it's a basic theme. Mine was, you know, I love sports, so sports right. themed, which was a very mm-hmm. common uh, theme. But something I was really proud about is I designed the custom yarmulkes oh, for the, yes. for the uh, bar mitzvah, and it was very simple, but so cool. Looking back on it, because it was just a yarmulke with a Nike swoosh on them, and we, cool. we were we had like two hundred of them. So like mm-hmm. after the bar mitzvah, there was like extra ones. And I remember like um, kids, and I don't know if you know this, but kids in my school, they uh, it was so they knew, cool. They, they knew wore about it, to it. They knew well. They knew about it, and they thought it was cool. So like even like I don't I don't know if this was even kosher, but a couple of teachers bought it. Like I I sold all the extra yarmulkes <laughs> for like five dollars because we had oh so God. many. We did. Which I kind of wish I still had a bunch of those. And they so were cool. cool. They were suede. They were suede. With a black, blue suede, blue suede with a black with an, swish. Yeah. They're very cool. cool. We still have a couple. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other thing is for his bar mitzvah booklet, I wanted to write up a story that everybody would remember about Jeremy. And in the Jewish tradition, we name our children after people who have passed. So before we end the podcast, I think it would be really great to let people know about how you were named Jeremy Paul. So Jeremy's name came from the Hebrew. We named him Yitzchak and uh, after Isidore. And Isidore when he was two years old, this is Jeremy's great-grandfather, was in Russia, and there was a fire in the kitchen, and his mother pushed her fist through the window to get air in the apartment, and she cut her artery and died. And at two years old, Jeremy's great-grandfather was raised by other family members who didn't love him. And by the age of 16, he left for America with literally pennies in his pocket came to America and made a life for himself. This man was determined. He was resilient. He made the best of a bad situation. And I really felt like that's an honorable person to name Jeremy after. I chose the name Jeremy because it sounded like, you know, it was close in the letters. Anyway, and then Paul was named after Uncle Paul who didn't have any children. He married late in life. Paul's my be- middle name. Because the woman he loved, his mother didn't approve of. Did you know really? that? Really? Mm. And so he wouldn't marry her till the mother died. Oh, wow. And That's then terrible. he married her. And he was the gentlest, kindest, sweetest, warmest. I, I can only think of positive things when I think of Uncle Paul. And he died just before you were born. And I thought, perfect. Your name is going to be Jeremy Paul. Yeah. An honorable name. I love the story behind my name, and also I just I love my name. So thanks for those. You you picked well. You're this welcome. Like something I can't really change. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the last questions from underscore charmy underscore. When were you most proud of Jeremy, and what is your life motto? My life motto is have an attitude of gratitude. There you go. Attitude of gratitude. Yep. Yep. Constantly in every day, find something you're grateful for. It's very easy to to lose sight of the beauty in your life. So find an attitude of gratitude. That's my motto. And what am I most proud of, Jeremy? I don't even know that that moment has come yet. I think that it's it doesn't matter whether I'm proud or not. That's the answer. It matters whether Jeremy is proud of himself. And when Jeremy is proud of himself, I'm happy. Whether I feel proud of him or it, it should have no effect. It doesn't matter what I think. 
What matters is what Jeremy thinks about himself. And I hope all of you listeners feel good about who you are. And if you don't figure it out, because you have to feel good about yourself in order to be happy. So it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Get rid of those people in your life who put you down or don't rise, raise you up and recognize what makes you special and beautiful because you are, you are. Agreed. And mom, I just want to say thanks for, uh, thanks for being such an amazing mom. <laughs> and thanks for coming on this podcast and speaking some words of wisdom. And so cool to hear these things that, you know, we've never really, we've just experienced and never really reviewed or talked about or people have asked us these questions right. necessarily. And we also experience them differently. Yeah. So this is, this is really fun to, you know, re relive great. the moments a little bit. And it's just always such a blessing to, you know, spend time with you as we're both adults now. I'm about to, I mean, so my mom came into town. She's in town right now. We're recording this podcast in person because she came to town for my birthday because I'm turning 30 years old. How do you feel about it? How do you, you have a 30 year old son now. You know what I think? What? I think that every year we put another candle on his cake. He's just going to shine more light into this world. Yes, I will. <laughs> well, thank you so much, mom. I love you so much. I love you too. Um, I don't know what else to say. This is a, this is a great conversation. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. And tune in for the next podcast episode coming in soon. Oh, and check me out and follow me, oh, please. Oh, yes. Oh, check my mom out on uh, the internet. She is... At she, Eva Grazel. G-R-A-Y, like the color of my hair, Z-E-L. At EvaGrazel.com. She does TikToks. She does Instagram videos of just telling stories in general, whether it's people she meets on the beach or... What kind of stuff do you post about now? It's kind of it's, like today I photographed, songs. don't you think? Yeah, we, we inspire each other. I, we do. I, yeah, I, I started today I photographed uh, largely due to how you can go up to any person and say hi and tell a story about them. And there I did it go. with my twist, just doing using a camera to help mm -hmm. tell it. Um, but now, yeah, you're you're telling stories of people on the beach, which you've had some pretty incredible stories that you've told recently. They are on your Instagram. So yeah, uh, if you're interested in learning more about my mom, uh, check out her Instagram, TikTok website she i don't know if we even mentioned this too much on this podcast but she her main thing now is um, being a motivational speaker and also uh talking about six step screening which advocates for dentists to educate do, patients to educate patients uh and you know do a oral cancer screening so if, if you anyone, don't know what it is if you don't know what an oral cancer screening is and you're not getting it at your dentist please go to six step screening Find out the six steps and ask for it. Make sure your dentist is giving you that because it's required by the American Dental Association. So if you're not getting it, you're paying for something you're not getting. Yeah. And if, if your dentist did it, you wouldn't have got your cancer caught at stage four. It would have been more like... You know, it's funny. Like my dentist did it. They just didn't educate me. So I'm a big advocate for educating patients about the signs and symptoms of oral cancer. Yeah. And uh, lastly, yeah, last words. Anything before we sign off? Any last words? Um, I, I don't know. I'm just really, really grateful. You're well, here. I've written two children's books oh. to help children understand cancer and make it less scary. Check them out. MC Plays Hide and Seek was recently republished as gender neutral, and I'm really proud about it. It used to be Mr. C, and I thought, why is it Mr. C? MC now. And what does MC stand for? Could be Master of Ceremonies, could be Mr. or Mrs. or Ms. or however you want to say it. And could be C macaroni and cheese. That's right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, but the books really address the feelings that kids experience. It's everything I wished I had for my own children. Yeah. And if you're, if, if you or you know someone who's going through cancer at the moment. These or, books. These books are, yeah. They're on books. Amazon. They're everywhere. Yeah. So that that could be very helpful. Or even reach out to, you know. Reach out to yeah, me. Reach out to my mom. If you have any questions, hey, just reach out. I am very accessible. She is. So, okay. Well. Is that it? I think that's it. We could keep talking forever, but we, we want to keep this podcast somewhat short. So, mom, I'm so grateful right now for you coming in here, but also being my mom. Out of all the moms, how did I get you as a mom? That's incredible. So, <laughs> thanks for being my oh, mom. How did I get you as a son? I'm so lucky. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. Well. All right. Uh, bye, bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Okay. And big kisses. Kisses one. and hugs out there. Bye. Kisses and hugs to everyone. Yes. Bye, everyone. Gratitude. Gratitude everywhere. Attitude of gratitude. <laughs> bye. Bye. Productions Podcast.